Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News today. And uh, we have a trio of stories to open up this episode involving upcoming fights that we've all been looking forward to. And finally, they've been announced. Let's start off with what I would consider the big one. Terrence Crawford has announced on Instagram he will fight Errol Spence Jr. on July 29th in Las Vegas. The American rivals will face off for the undisputed welterweight championship in one of the most highly anticipated contests since Floyd Mayweather's junior Floyd Mayweather Jr. clash with Manny Pacquiao back in 2015. Crawford said, "The wait is over. It's game time." Errol Spence Jr. Terence Crawford, June 29th, Las Vegas, Nevada. Everyone, come out, show support, and watch me fry this fish. <laughs> Good for him. In other news, uh, in the heavyweight division, seeing that needs still to be a little bit uncluttered, we're going to see Alexander Yusek take on Daniel Dubois in Poland this August, it seems. Uh, his promoter, Alex Kreischuk, has announced uh, we won the bid and now working to stage the fight in Poland on August 12th, which he said via Instagram. Uh, so Yusik will put the WBA, IBF, and WBO heavyweight belts on the line against WBA mandatory challenger Dubois, having retained his unified status with victory over Anti Joshua in last August's rematch. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens to Tyson Fury, because if you remember the other day I mentioned uh, he might go down under for his next fight. But that all might be leading up to our big December four person heavyweight clash in uh, Saudi Arabia. But in the meantime, the third story I want to report on involves Arthur Bridabiev, and he will face uh, a British opponent uh, for the second consecutive fight. The light heavyweight champ returns August 19th to take on Liverpool's Callum Smith at the Videotron Center in Quebec City, Quebec. Smith is looking to become a two-weight champion, but to do so, he'll have to be a man regarded as one of the deadliest fighters on the planet. Betterbiev has fought 19 times and won every time with each opponent failing to hear the final bell. Anthony Yard was the latest to fall at the hands of the Russian-born Canadian resident back in January. Another win for the champ will give him a 3-0 winning streak against the Brits, having beat Callum Johnson back in 2018. He said, Quebec is my second home, so I'm very happy to finally defend my titles on home turf. When you're the world champion, everyone wants the opportunity to take your belt, and that's especially true in my case. With three titles at stake, I've already started my training camp, and I'll be ready to not only defend my belts, but to also put on an impressive show on August 19th. I'm sure he will indeed. What a great fight. Let's move across uh, the pond where I announced yesterday um, – Frank Warren's got a bit of a show going on in Belfast. One of those combatants is Michael Conlon. And uh, the headline screams on ESPN, despite final round KO loss and last attempt, Michael Conlon remains focused on a world title. Uh, this is a story written by uh, my friend Nick Parkinson over at ESPN. He said, Michael Conlon refuses to be viewed being knocked out of the ring in the last round of his first title fight as a painful and humbling experience. Instead, he considers last year's loss to Lee Wood for the WBA featherweight world title as a key moment in his development. 
It's a setback that he believes he prepared him for Saturday's shot at the IBF featherweight champ, Luis Alberto Lopez, which will be streamed on ESPN+. Uh, Conlon, by the way, he's 18 and one with nine knockouts, uh, was narrowly ahead in points before being knocked out by Wood, and that was ESPN's 2022 fight of the year, by the way. Uh, quickly rebuilt his career with two wins, a unanimous decision versus Miguel Moregia in August and a first-round stoppage of Karim Gary in December. He said, I learned a lot. Uh, from the wood loss, I know how to pace a 12-round fight. I know when to put the foot on the gas. I know when to make the right defensive moves. Yes, Ben told Conan. I put that into the present tense because he didn't, obviously, against Lee Wood. Anyway, I've learned how to handle the defeat and rebuild. Mariaga was a dangerous puncher, and I fought him at my own pace and picked my shots. When Mariaga tried to put, on, put it on me in the last round, I still ended up winning the round. Anyway, Conlon, 31 years of age, will get another attempt to win his first title when he challenges Lopez, 29 years of age, at the SSC Arena in his home city of Belfast, Northern Ireland. Conlon believes his response is losing to Wood will ensure he becomes Northern Ireland's first featherweight champ since Carl Frampton. Now retired, Frampton won his first title when he appointed Kiko Martinez for the IBF junior featherweight belt in 2014. Conlon was there that night with as a spectator, at a specially built outdoor stadium on the site where the Titanic was built. Now, there's a bit of interesting trivia. He also had something else to say with respect to Lee Wood. As reported by uh, Keith Duck in uh, Boxing Scene, uh, Michael Conlon wants Lee Wood to win his rematch with Mauricio Lara on Saturday night. That'd be the same night that Conlon's fighting, by the way. Uh, Wood is uh, fighting Lara in Manchester, however. If Wood were to avenge his seventh-round technical lockout loss to Lara and Conlon beats Luis Alberto Lopez, Conlon's own rematch with Wood would be a 126-pound title unification fight. Conlon will challenge Lopez for the Mexico City Naves IBF featherweight title in Belfast, as I just reported. And while he hopes Wood win, while Conlon hopes Wood wins, he doesn't see it happening. Conlon said, I think Lara knocks him out again. I think it's too soon. I don't know why they jumped into the rematch so quickly, probably because there's a mandatory on that belt. And that would be the Uzbek fighter, Otabak Komatov. I don't know where uh, he'll get his shot, but he's a good fighter. And I actually think he would beat Lara with all due respect to Lara. But I think they want to keep that belt in the matchroom kind of bubble. I read that Lara and Josh Warrington can happen. And there's a mix between the three of them. But I don't know why Wood has taken that fight again. Mexico's large, 26-2-1, 19 knockouts, won the WBA featherweight title from Wood in their February fight uh, in, at the Motor Point Arena in Wood's hometown of Nottingham, England. Eddie Hearn, whose company promotes Wood, Lara, and Josh Warrington, proposed that Lara make his first title defense against England's Warrington, 32-8, sorry, 30 31, 2, and 1 with eight knockouts, and that the winner face Wood in his following fight. Wood, who's 26 and 3, 16 knockouts, instead exercised his contractual right to an immediate rematch, which would take place just three months after his trainer, Ben Davison, stopped their fight once a woozy Wood got up from the seventh round knockdown. Wood was winning on all three scorecards through six rounds, by the way. Lara's left hook, however, knocked Wood flat on his back with 26, 23 seconds to go in the seventh round. 
who had got up in time to beat referee Michael Alexander's count, but Davison threw in the towel. He'd done well in his first fight, Colin said of Wood. If he had maintained his boxing and not got greedy, he probably could have won. But I think it was inevitable that Lara would get to him. I'm not the biggest puncher in the world, and I had Lee Wood out on his feet a few times that fight. But he's, he's ballsy. He's tough, and he's determined. And he can bite down on his gum shield and keep going. So you've got to give him credit. But I think the stoppage was correct at the time. Ben Davidson threw the towel in because, you know, Lara's a devastating puncher. And I think if he landed a few more, it could have gone done serious damage on Lee. Wood knocked out Conlon in the 12th round of a brutal battle that won numerous Fight of the Year awards in 2022, by the way. Uh, Conlon dropped Wood in the first round of their March 22 bout at Motor Point Arena, but Wood recovered, came back to send Conlon to the canvas in the 11th round and knocked him out of the ring in the 12th round. He's had two fights back-to-back with me and Lara, where he's been concussed bad, said Conlon, who has won back-to-back bouts against Miguel Mariaga and Karim Kofi since Wood knocked him out. In my fight, he said, probably worse because he got concussed so many times during that fight. With the Lara fight, he probably got a bit of a concussion from the second round when he was getting rocked all over the joint. And the one where he got knocked out with, that was another concussive shot. This is a dangerous game, dangerous, dangerous game. And that's why I respect everybody in boxing. Your life is on the line every time we're in that ring. So uh, the Laro uh, and Wood rematch is going to be streamed on the zone. Uh, go figure. Uh, they are partners with uh, Matchroom. As a main uh, event worldwide from the AO Arena, and uh, the streaming service coverage of the uh, undercard is scheduled to begin at 7 p.m., by the way. Uh, the main event between Lopez and Conlon, by the way, will be broadcast by BT Sport, United Kingdom, and Ireland, and streamed on ESPN Plus. I noted in that last story over in the US and hopefully Canada. Alrighty, let's move along to Josh Taylor. Also, as we're being reported uh, by Boxing Scene, uh, Chap, oh, Keith Dideck again, he's on it. Josh Taylor doesn't think three American judges gave him enough credit for his performance against Jose Ramirez in Taylor's last fight in the United States. The Scottish Southpaw is therefore hopeful that three American judges aren't assigned to score his upcoming 12-round 140-pound championship bout against Tifimo Lopez. Taylor, who's 19-0 with 13 knockouts, will defend his WBO junior welterweight title versus Lopez on June 10th in a main event ESPN um, that... ESPN will televise from uh, the theater at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Lopez, as we know, is 18 and 1, 13 knockouts, was born in Brooklyn, and has also resided in South Florida and Las Vegas as well. Taylor said, obviously, I've requested to have three different judges, that they're not, they're not all be American judges. Hopefully, they accept what we've requested, and hopefully that's the case, but I don't let things like that bother me. I believe in myself. I'm confident in my ability. Uh, it's going to be much different uh, of a dominant display. The judges cannot deny me. The New York State Athletic Commission approved a diverse panel of judges for Lopez's last fight, a 10-rounder against Spain's Sandor Martin, that took place December 10th at Madison Square Garden. Canada's uh, Pascal Pro- Procopio, 97 and 92, and California's Max DeLuca, 96 and 93, both scored that fight for Lopez. Italy's Guido Calvieri scored Martin at 95-94 winner over Lopez, who was knocked down during the second round. New York's uh, Ricky Gonzalez was a referee for the Lopez-Martin match, which Taylor recalled could have gone either way. 
There were two judges from his opponent's home country when Taylor defended his IBF, WBA, WBC, and WBO 140-pound crowns last year at the SSC Hydro in Glasgow. England's Ian John Lewis scored at 114-111. Scotland's Victor Lachlan, 113-112, scored that 12-round fight for Taylor, whereas England's Howard Foster scored their February 22 bout 113-112 for England's Jack Catterall. And English referee Marcus McDonald deducted a point apiece from Taylor and Catterall that night. McDonald took a point from Catterall for holding in the 10th round and a point from Taylor for hitting Catterall after the bell had sounded to conclude the 11th round. Nine months earlier, Taylor defeated Ramirez, uh, uh, who fights out of California by the same score, 114-112, uh, according to each judge of their 12-rounder uh, in that 140-pound title unification fight. And it took place in May of 2021, by the way, at the Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas. Nevada residents Tim Sheetham and Dave Moretti uh, and New Jersey's Steve Westfield scored that fight identically. The two knockdowns Taylor produced, one in the sixth and another in the seventh, accounted for the difference on the cards of Cheatham, Moretti, and Westfield, who scored six rounds apiece for Taylor and Ramirez. Moretti, 78 years of age, has again drawn criticism for how he scored the Devin Haney Vasily Lomachenko fight. Most recently at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, and already scored Haney a wider winner, 116-112, than Cheatham, 115-113, and David Sutherland, 115-113. He also scored the 10th round, around Lomachenko appeared to win, definitely, for Haney. Taylor felt Haney-Lomachenko, a 12-round fight for Haney's IBF, WBA, WBC, and WBO lightweight titles, was very competitive. Having seen that fight, he said, I don't know what all the huge fuss is about, the Lomachenko fight. I think it was a fight that could have gone either way. Alrighty, let's move along quickly to conclude the show. Quick little quote from Lawrence Acoli and uh, Chris Billum Smith, uh, both who were former teammates and are now uh, turned uh, title rivals. Uh, and they faced off in uh, Bournemouth today, I guess, as a, a media scrum. Uh, Bournemouth, England, because uh, they're going to be fighting for the WBO Cruiserweight Championship at the Vitality Stadium in Bournemouth, England, this weekend. Akoli said, I'm coming to make an extremely big statement. I'm my own man, on my own journey, and there's stuff that I want, that I need. I'm ready to fight for it. I've shown time and time again I'm ready to take the risk and do what needs to be done. I can say it. I'm in amazing shape. I'm coming to do the job. Mr. Bill Smith, for his part, said, any fight against Lawrence is dangerous because he can punch and he's got long levers, so you have to take educated risks and you got to work really hard to get the shots off you need to. That's what we've been doing the whole time. I don't expect him to stand there and trade with me. He knows he can't do that. I imagine he's going to try to keep it long and move his feet. The hard thing with Lawrence is getting in position so we know what we've got to do. Finally, to conclude the show, I just want to drop off some uh, good news. Oscar De La Hoya has donated $30,000 at uh, a press conference that was held uh, most recently um, in California to benefit local boxers at, at, in the Coachella Valley. The donation was accepted by Lee Espinoza on behalf of the Lee Espinoza Boxing Club. And that is courtesy of a Golden Boy tweet that I thought was pretty good news. All right, boxing fans, thanks for joining me once again. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that Spence Crawford fight. I think the entire world is, and the, well, the entire boxing world is. Uh, appreciate your comment, uh, Alex. Um, 
Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I join Mike Gore and Cedric Ben for their show, Knuckle Up. Thanks for joining me. Bye.